a believer of God, you're going to go through some trials. You agree with that? You're going to have some troubles. You're going to have some moments. It will be and seem difficult at times. So much so that it can almost seem like it shakes our confidence. That we can have a moment or two of questioning or not being as steady as we should. I thought about how to share a, a visual of that, and I think many of you know that my favorite football team is the Dallas Cowboys. I wear blue a lot, you know, and you got to be steadfast, not to let your faith shake. Uh, and so one of the things I thought about was this past, about a week or two ago, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They played the GOAT, Tom Brady and his team. And I think many of us have seen that in past that you can have this great team. You can be up, Atlanta Falcons, you can be up 31 points, but the GOAT on that other side can come back and take it all away. Uh, and so as, we're as I'm watching this game, the Dallas Cowboys are doing very well. But they have a kicker that's named Brett Maher. <laughs> and Brett Maher has had a great season. He's had a great year. He's kicked, made over 90% of his field goals. He's like the top three percentage-wise statistic kicker for the entire season. Doing very well, doing very good. But he's playing against the GOAT. And so the very first time in, in, in his career and in many kickers, uh, because they've learned how to kick pretty well, he misses four straight extra point kicks. Not one, not two, not three, not four. He'd only missed three the entire season. But something shook his confidence. So that when he got behind that ball, he was not as steady as he had been in the past. And so he got a little bit out of sort. They call it the yips. <laughs> and I'm here to say that if we, it's so important that we stay fixed upon Jesus. That we trust him in all things so we don't get the yips. So we don't allow our confidence to be casted away. And that's what I'd like to share with us this morning. If you would turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36, with the title of the message today, Cast Not Away Your Confidence. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, correction 35 and 36, it reads, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence which have great recompense of reward. For, he, for ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. If we take a moment to back up a little bit and, and, and see some of the historical accounts of what's occurring in this, during this time when the book of Hebrews is being written, the letter of Hebrews is assumed to have been written by the Apostle Paul. And the writing of the, of the letter is around 70 AD, 
which is just before the destruction of the temple and the fall of Jerusalem are doing during the siege of Jerusalem in this war that occurs in 70 AD, which was a decisive event between the Jewish and the Romans. And so they've been fighting for several years prior to this. There's been some rumblings, and then there's this five-month siege that, occur, that causes Jerusalem to be taken and the temple to be destroyed. And see, we remember this similar account occurs with the Babylonians during Nehemiah's time many, many years prior. So now there's a second of destroying of the holy land of God's people, of God's place. But the writer is writing a little bit prior to this happening. And maybe he had a prophetic word from God. He knew that it was important to encourage the people that they would go through some stuff, that they would have some trials, and that he would remind them of the importance of drawing near to God, hold on, set up a defense, and cast not away your confidence. See, the letter is addressed to the Christian community whose faith was faltering because of the strong Jewish influence. All the legalism of telling them how to do it this way. And so it's a reminder to hold fast, to trust God, to depend upon his unchanging hand. So it's also assumed that the writing was to not only Christians that were, that were Jews, but also the Gentiles urging them to persevere in their faith, to follow the heroic examples of others that had gone before them. We see that in chapter 11, where the writer talks about the faith of Abraham and Sarah and Enoch and Noah, the chapter that gives us these examples of great faith and what God did when he saw faith and so our faith draws us near to God so that we can sense and feel his presence. When we lack faith or trust in God, we are not near to him. And therefore, we feel naked and afraid. We see that from the very beginning in Genesis 3, verse 10. That as God had talked and walked with Adam and, and uh, who was Adam's wife again? Eve. Eve, okay. Adam and Eve. Y'all know I had a senior moment there for a second. Uh, he was walking with them and telling them and reminding them all of these things that they're able to do what they should not do. And they come to a point where they don't trust God. They don't obey him. And Genesis 3, verse 10 says this, And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. See, Adam was hiding himself from God because at the moment that he ate of that forbidden fruit, 
there was some nearness. There was some separation that occurred between him and God because of his disobedience, because of him stepping away from God. So there is something that happens to mankind when we too get afraid. And that's what I want to spend a little bit of time talking about today. So let us begin with the very first verse in Hebrews 10, verse 35. It says, cast not away, therefore your confidence which have great recompense of reward. And as we take a moment to just reference that a little bit and think about that a little bit, part of the reference that I gave last week was to hold fast, meaning to hold your ground, to hold the defense against your enemy who's trying to steal your faith, your friendship, your fellowship. So much so that he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. But it's so important that we know that God will stand and will sustain you in every situation. And so as we take a moment to just think about that word confidence, in the Greek it means boldness. It means to be bold in the Lord. Just like when you may have came to Christ and you just wanted to tell somebody. And maybe they looked at you funny, but there was this confidence that you had in what God had done for you. And so that word, cast not away your confidence, cast not away your boldness in having confident hope in God. They were not to cast this boldness away and become timid disheartened and discouraged and so Paul wanted to remind of that of that you're going to go through some stuff there's going to be some hard times there's going to be some temptations to draw back there's going to be some threats that you need to stay quiet they might you might get counseled you might get something on Facebook that's said about you and so he's reminding the people here, the Christians, that don't cast it off you. It's so vital in your relationship with God and your relationship with others that you be confident in who you are, whose you are, and the plan and the purpose that he has for you. And so let's look a little bit closer at that because that word also gives us a military il illustration. See, when soldiers start to lose ground and become afraid, they're setting up a defense. And maybe when, you, when you're setting up that defense, there's some marauding that comes at you. Maybe there's a, there's a family member. Maybe there's a friend. Maybe there's an enemy. And it seems like there's a barrage of attack coming your way. And you're like, all I want to do is tell them about Jesus. All I want to do is trust and be faithful to God. But these attacks keep coming. And before you know it, if we're not careful, we can take a step back. Because we just don't want to get hit no more. And, it, and, and they're getting close. And before you know it, we take another step back. And we look back and we've become silent. We've lost confidence. 
See, it goes on to say this, that this cast not away your confidence is just like a soldier that starts to lose ground and becomes afraid. This cowardly soldier casts away their shields, they drop their weapons, and they flee from the battle. Paul is saying to us, don't let that be you. You've been called as a soldier of the Lord to be on the battlefield for God. But there's an understanding, there's something that we need to understand uh, that's so important. He writes this in Hebrews 10, verse 32 and 33. He says, but call to remembrance the former days. See, sometimes we've got to remember where we came from. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget. I didn't, I, I didn't been a Christian for a while. I didn't been dignified for a while. I forget where I came from. It's so important for me to remember what God delivered me from, how far he brought us, that it wasn't for God on our side, where would we be? And so he says, but I call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated that you came to know Christ, the eyes of your understanding was an open was opened. You were no longer dead in your trespasses and sins. You could see and you were made alive in Christ. And the Bible says, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Glory to God. And so he goes on to say, he endured a great fight of afflictions. Yeah. They threw it at you. Then bombarding came. Seemed like the devil was at your doorstep. The moment you got saved, he was waiting on you. And you had to endure a great fight of affliction. But guess what? You're still standing. What the devil meant for your bad, God turned it around for your good. He goes on to say, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and affliction. See, it's important that we understand what that gazing stock means. It means that you were made a spectacle. Somebody has something to say about you. Somebody put you on blast. Somebody called you something. Or if they didn't say nothing, they just murmured underneath their breath. And, for, and, and, and you remember how, like when, like, when you turn a light on on cockroaches, how they scatter? Your friends scattered. Who you thought was your friend, you realized. And so he said, remember, they made you a gazing stock. A person or a thing gazed at by many, especially with curiosity or contempt. And so he goes on to say, while ye became companions of them, that were so used. As you got closer to believers, as you started hanging with other folks, there were folks saying, what you doing with all them, them weird Christian folks? Them folks that, that lost their mind. 
And so because you got close or started hanging out with other folks, you were even persecuted for that. So it's so important, saints of God, that there's some reminders that we have. Bible says, remember the Lord great and awesome. So that's what Nehemiah was thinking about. He was going through all this trouble in that first when he was called to help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The Bible says that the elders looked upon it and they wept because it was just a dis- such a disgrace at how far they had gotten away from God. And so Nehemiah purposed to go back and rebuild the walls, and immediately when he got there, folks started talking about it. So much so that they said that it won't happen. It won't get done. There was a guy named Sambalet. His name means the God's sin has given rise. And Sembalant was out to get Nehemiah and destroy the Jews. But in the, the heaviness of it all, when all it seemed like it was coming against him, Nehemiah, and I have the visual that he's sitting down with his head in his hands. The Bible says he stands to his feet. He looks upon the people and he looks upon the nobles and he says these words, Remember the Lord. Great and awesome. He said, now fight for your sons and daughters. Fight for your husbands and wives. Fight for your brothers and sisters. He said, don't just stand there and take it. Fight. Remember who you are. So I remind you, remind yourself who the Lord is. And how great and awesome he is. Psalm 27, 1 tells us this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We've got to tell, tell that to ourselves. We've got to stir, stir ourselves up. With our faith that is holy that is perfect without blemish when we trust him. But then it's so important that we put it on. Saints, you can't just be, you know, we remember when we talk to ourselves and we don't do anything, put it on. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 10 and 12, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God. It's not a physical armor, it's a spiritual armor. Goes on to say that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's going to come at you, but God makes a way for us to stand. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You know, spiritual wickedness knows your name. If you are a child of God, see, you was, you was uh, he wasn't even thinking about you before you came to Christ. All he knew is that you was another one that he wanted to destroy. But the moment you became a child of God, you made his list. 
Now he wants to take you out because he knows you're a threat to the kingdom of God. But there's some beauty, there's some understandings that we need to understand that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. The devil is coming with the plan and purpose, intent to steal, kill, and destroy your faith, your friendship, and your fellowship. You know, that's what COVID was all about. To separate, divide, to shake our faith, to help us not to consider one another, and then to hinder our fellowship. So God reminds us to be ready for the spiritual battles. Paul's talking about it. So there's a key part of not casting away your boldness, your confidence. Here's key. You need to write this down if you, if, if, if you want to know a key element. The key element is knowing within yourself. Look what Hebrews 10, verse 34 says. Hebrews 10, 34. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better an enduring substance. See, we have to know that we know that we know. Knowing in yourself is very important. To know within yourselves, you have better. If we think, if we continue to think there's better in this world, we'll miss it. We'll fall short. We'll keep hungering and desiring for substance when substance is, is in him. And so if you wait for someone else or something else to give you better, you will never be satisfied and always miss the mark. So stop waiting for others to be your substance. Stop waiting for something, it, job, career, house, to be your substance. And know that God is your all in all. And I'm going to say it again, in him. Now, want, i got a friend in here that loves for me to say this passage. In him we move and breathe and have our being, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. So go back with me to Hebrews 10, verse 35. It says this, cast not away therefore your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. So there's a word there. It's important that when we see that word, therefore, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, we ask the question, what's it there for? Okay. And so what's the reason you should not cast 
away your confidence. There's two. First and foremost, Paul is reminding us your boldness makes a difference. You are taking a leap of faith. You are stepping out into the unknown, trusting the one who knows it all. And so look with me, Ephesians 3, verse 11 and 12 says this, Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. See, there's a how-to there. This boldness that we see operating is like a sandwich. See, there's something, you know, most of us when we eat a sandwich, some, some of us like bread, Right? But most of us use the, the bread as dressing around the meat. That it's going to help make the meat just a little bit more palatable and go down a little bit easier. And so in this passage, we see something here. We see that like a sandwich, it's in Christ and through faith, slice here, I mean bread here, bread here, that we have boldness and access. Without Christ and without faith, we don't have boldness and access. And so we take Christ, knowing that he's Lord of Lords, he's King of Kings. We make him the Lord of our life. We trust in his divine plan and what God has for us. That's our faith in operation. And it generates boldness. And it gives us access to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So turn with me to Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. It says this, now faith is the substance, you hear that word again, of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. That word substance literally means that which stands under, that which stands under, and it's biblically used chiefly when we talk about material goods or possessions. Let me give you a visual. I'm going to be careful with your instrument chat. See, we can see this guitar. We can see that it's a, a tangible thing that we can see with our sight. That word substance, that which stands underneath, there's a stand here that holds this guitar up. in the spirit our faith it's like that stand you can't see it but everything in the fiber of your being tells you it's there because something's holding up and so God reminds us 
that which stands under hope, joy, peace, deliverance, eternal life, that we're trusting in him, that are you going to stand like you trust in his reward, even though you may not see it with your natural eyes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Lord, I believe that you're going to deliver. I believe that everything's going to be all right. Therefore, I'm going to act like I know it to be true. I'm going to be that stand. Lord, I want others to be able to see you. I know they can't see the stand, but they can see me trusting. holding on, not giving up. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen so that others will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But there's a, there's a second part of that reason you should cast not away your confidence. And that's in the second part of that very same verse of Hebrews 10, 35, which have great recompense of reward. See, Paul is acknowledging that it's not easy to stand. That it's not fair how believers are treated. And when you come to God, it seems like it should just be this good, glorious, no pressure, no challenges, nothing happening to us, and everything all right. However, your boldness of faith has caused you to suffer unjustly will be recompensed. So that word means we'll be rewarded. We'll be justly rewarded because God misses nothing. See, recompense is a long-established concept in the Bible and is strongly related to justice. You know, God is a good and just God that he doesn't miss anything. That even when Zacchaeus, who was taking people's money and doing all these treacherous things, when he came to the Lord, one of the very first words out of his mouth was, God, if I've done wrong to anyone, I will give back fourfold. He was making recompense. Because something in his heart and mind told him he had all he needed. So God is a just God, and you will, will, you will justly be rewarded. 
all that was lost will receive a great reward. Saints, it's important that we hold on to that, that we let that be our fixed point. And maybe you're like Brett Marr, you're up there, you're ready for that kick, and you're having this, this overwhelming challenge and confidence. And God reminds you that he loves you with an undying love, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you, that everything's going to be all right. That maybe they'll say something against you. Maybe they'll call your name. See, the nickname they gave Brett Morrow on TV after he missed four times was Miserable Morrow. And maybe you've been there. You've had moments. And it's been hard to just hold on. But the key is to allow yourself to partake. To share in everything that Christ has for you. That he loves you with an undying love. That he wants you to partake of all of his goodness and his grace. See, if the Bible says that we should hold our confidence to the end, look with me in Hebrews 3, verse 14. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So it's telling us something here. Not that we're going to miss our salvation. Not that we're not going to spend eternity with God if we've trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But why are we on earth? We can miss some partaking, some sharing of what Christ is doing. You know, Christ's still walking with us. He's still with us today. Maybe not in, in physically, but in spirit. He's here. And he so wants us to enjoy every moment that we have with him and that we have with others. So Paul writes these words in Hebrews 10, 36 through 37. He says, for we have need of patience. See, that's, that's where Adam got it all wrong and, and messed up. I believe that he enjoyed his relationship with God. He enjoyed talking with God. He enjoyed spending time with God. But God left for a little bit to go tend to whatever God wanted to attend to because he's God, right? And Adam allowed himself to be entertained, him and Eve, by someone else. And before you know it, he took his eyes off of God. 
allowed his relationship to be broken. Look what it says, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So it's important for us to understand that this life is a little while. The Bible says it's like a puff of smoke. We're here today and gone tomorrow. It's a little while. That Jesus Christ is coming back. That he loves us so much that he's coming back for us. And so he writes these words, you have need of patience. Be willing to wait it out. Don't be impatient. After you have done the will of God, see, so many are not patient to do the will of God. His way and not our way. Because we can, we can say, I want to do the will of God, but if this way. And so he, he makes the statement here. He says, you have need of patience. Y'all know how patience comes? <laughs> right? <laughs> God has a great way of bringing patience, of developing patience within us. But it's so that we can honor God and that we can honor people. That we can allow God time to form in you and through you to transform us from the inside out into his perfect work so that he would get the glory. See, I believe James, the brother of Jesus, kind of experienced this because he didn't believe right off the bat. He didn't just get it the first time he heard it. In James, the first chapter, verse 2 through 4, he makes these words and statements. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That you know that God could solve any problem. Try your faith. See where it's at. Trust in God. Wait on his unchanging hand. Develops patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, not just the work for us to do it one time, but get to the point that we don't think we lack. That we're not trying to make our sufficiency in something else that perishes but that our substance is in him and him alone. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So what's the perfect work? That the work of righteousness would occur continue to be formed in us that we would come to know that we know that we would be fully confident 
in God, not in ourselves, but in him and him alone. That we would be complete, that we would be whole, lacking nothing, having substance in him. That our faith would grow, we would go from faith to faith, glory to glory. As we grow in our faith, we get closer to his glory, you know that? And that we wouldn't lack wisdom. The ability to judge correctly, to discern and follow him. His plan and his purposes. And so we see these words spoken by David. Maybe he went through this before. Maybe he had some moments of his faith being shaken. Of that he was, uh, maybe he's had a moment where his confidence wasn't as strong as, as it once was. And so he said these words in Proverbs 9, verse 10 and 11. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the Years of thy life shall be increased. That we would get to a point where we reverence him. That we would understand this is where wisdom comes from. And that we would be trusting him as we patiently walk out this short life. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Though we are not of them who draw back. So don't draw back now. Remember what God has done, how he's been faithful. He's brought us through each and every day. Sunny days, rainy days. The Lord is good all the days. This is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it. Saints of God, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Not just when it comes for eternity. Experience it now. To which ye were also called. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When we're confident in him. When we know that he is able. See, God does an amazing thing with our faith. That thing that we're hoping for. That we're trusting in. God has a way lifting us up no matter what comes against us he's holding us up he said I'll never ever leave you nor forsake you I, I just want you to have faith watch me hold on to you don't let the cares of this world don't let the trials and the tribulations that we go through 
to cause us to cast away our confidence, to drop our weapons, to run, but to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He is a mighty God, and he is able, no matter what it looks like, to the natural eye. Trust him all of your days and watch him do great and amazing things in this life and the life to come.